This podcast is an adaptation of the live radio broadcast of On Wisconsin, containing just the discussion segment. Next time, to catch the whole episode, tune in every Sunday at 3 p.m. on 91.7 FM Madison or streaming worldwide on WSUM.org. Thank you and enjoy. So starting off, so we have Emmett here in the room with us. Hi, Emmett. Hi. Um, so I'm going to do a little brief introduction, um, and then we'll get started in our little discussion. So Emmett is a part of the ASM, which is the Associated Associated Students of Madison. Thank you. Oh my gosh. The ASM Equity and Inclusion Committee. Um, so that committee advocates and works with social justice, inclusivity, and diversity across campus. Um, they're one of the open committees, if I'm not wrong, which means that anyone can come to their meetings or like pitch in. Um, so this conversation, I think, is very interesting to have right now as many DEI positions within um, the UW school system are being threatened to be cut um, and also in state and national politics, there are many queer and transgender folks that are under attack. So the most recent thing that has happened within this committee is that there was an open forum hearing about creating a trans and non-binary sanctuary on campus. Um, Emmett, do you want to add anything about that background? No, that's all good. Um, in particular, I'm the Equity and Inclusion Committee Chair. Um, my role at ASM generally concerns running the Equity and Inclusion Committee, but also um, making sure ASM is running campaigns to um, hear and reflect the concerns of our marginalized students on campus. Yeah, that's so important. I know that um, ASM Chair Kevin Jacobson, um, there was a meeting in September and in that meeting, he said that he's committed to prioritizing, quote unquote, holistic student well-being and then focusing on like um, small student focused issues. Um, and I think that that was in response to after the racist video of last spring, um, after ASM had received some backlash um, for like not meeting the needs of underrepresented students. So I think this conversation is very important now more than ever. Um, so maybe to just start off, maybe we can all do this so that we can kind of have the listeners know who's 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 around the table right now, right? Um, so maybe we could go around and say names and pronouns. Um, so I'm Ray. I use they, she pronouns. I'm Hiwan. I use she, her pronouns. I'm Emmett. I use he, they pronouns. I'm Oliver. I use he, him pronouns. Very nice. So Emmett, what, you just mentioned it, but do you want to repeat what your role in ASM is? Yeah, I am the Equity Inclusion Chair for ASM. Nice. And why did you join ASM or like join that specific role? Yeah, so I joined ASM during my first semester on campus in the fall of 2021 as a student intern as part of our um, grassroots internship program for first and second year students. I joined because um, as a disabled student, as a trans student, I was really interested in disability advocacy in high school, and I really wanted to be able to continue that work on my college campus. Um, I am someone who, if I see things happening and don't know if admin is changing them or don't know like what the student um, involvement in issues is, I get um, like 
really antsy about it. <laughs> um, yeah. I also think ASM is just a particularly cool and interesting student government um, due to the um, existence of Wisconsin State Statute 36095, which, while it has been weakened um, since its original instatement, ensures students' right to participate in decisions made by the university. Yeah, that's so interesting. I think one of my friends actually did that same first internship thing, because I think that's how they met Landis, which is like (laughs) crazy connections here. Um, So kind of jumping into some of the topics that we're going to talk about. So the Republicans in Wisconsin legislature have threatened to cut funding for UW if they don't get rid of DI departments. Um, Do you have any like response to this or like how likely you think this is? Yeah, so all indications I've heard from admin and our upper level administration on campus is that UW has no intention to cut our DEI programs. I mean, both students and admin understand that DEI programming at this university is one of our strengths. And I personally believe that it's vital to the experience of our marginalized students. I mean, I couldn't picture a campus without our multicultural student center, without the work being done at the Gender and Sexuality Campus Center, without our work being done throughout our research labs regarding, um, we actually have a grad student on our student council who is doing research into um, gender affirming care for um, trans and non-binary folks. Um, So yeah, like there is so many benefits of our DEI programming on this campus, not just for our students, but also for like the Wisconsin idea writ large and for for Wisconsin as a state. Um, that I think I know um, ASM is committed to this programming staying available and I've seen similar commitments from members of the university's administration. Yeah, I saw something that said that um, Chancellor Mnuchin, she said that we could absorb the $7 million in budget cuts allotted to us out of the $32 million in budget cuts. But talking to some groups on campus, for example, the GSCC, and um, apparently I think on the application to UW-Madison, they removed some uh, statements about diversity and um, inclusion and equity. So it's it's kind of interesting sort of seeing this verbal commitment to, yes, we are going to keep DEI initiatives, but also at the same time um, talking to groups and seeing how these actions might not necessarily be the case. And I know that ASM does help fund some groups on campus. So on ASM's part, is anything being done to ensure funding to groups for marginalized students on campus? Yeah, so in particular, after calls from students last spring, we are looking over our grant allocation process where um, registered student orgs can apply to get funding either through um, our open fund, which gives funding to student orgs for office supplies, general funding needed to run a student org, print flyers, et cetera, so forth. Also our, our event grants and our travel grants, Um, We know that that process has historically um, not been the kindest to student orgs that serve marginalized students. So our current chair of the grant allocation committee, Amaya Bowman, um, is looking into that process and making sure that it better serves our marginalized student groups. We are also looking into our um, student services finance committee, which oversees the um, 
what is known as the GSSF, the General Student Services Fund, which funds orgs on campus that provide services that aren't provided by administration. Examples of these are PAVE and Sex Out Loud. Um, so we're looking at making sure that we have, um, making that process friendlier to um, student orgs, especially our student orgs that serve marginalized students and understanding that process has historically been dominated by white students and serve it, student orgs that serve the interests of white and non-marginalized students on our campus. And we're really taking an in-depth view into that process and looking at how to improve it. Yeah, that's so important. I I think it's really great how involved you are and how how like much research you're doing and looking into it. Um, I forgot to ask this earlier. How many people are on the, um, the, oh gosh, the inclusion and equity. The equity. Equity and inclusion. inclusion. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Yes. I'm like, ah, it's one of the ways. I don't so, know which way. Um, but. We, so we have three students who lead the committee, myself as our equity and inclusion chair, yeah. Jess Harlan, who was our diverse engagement coordinator, and Landis Fargis, who is our anti-violence yes. coordinator. We're an open committee, so we don't have students technically sign up for the committee. Any student can come to our committee meetings, which is every other Wednesday from 7.30 to 8.30 in the caucus room of the Student Activity Center on the fourth floor. We do have over 300 students on our email list. Um, yes, I know I'm on that email list. Yes. Yes. Shout out that email list. Um, yeah. So I think that is a great segue into the recent hearing that you that you all held. Um, so I don't know if it was because I got your email about it, right? Um, yeah. And I don't know if it was just the equity and inclusion or was it all of ASM? It was not. So ASM every other week has a meeting of what's called student council, which uh -huh. is our elective representatives that students vote on every spring to represent their schools and colleges. We also have representatives specifically for grad students, professional students, and non-degree seeking students. So um, that meetings, those meetings are where we introduce legislation to be passed by ASM at this most recent um, meeting, the legislation was introduced for um, creating a creating UW-Madison as a sanctuary campus for trans and non-binary students. Yeah, I, I heard about that. And would that be similar to how Dane County was announced as a sanctuary as well? Yes, but we're also making it more comprehensive. Mm. So we understand that, first off, UWPD currently isn't covered by the legislation passed by either Dane County or the city of Madison, declaring both a sanctuary, um, a sanctuary city and a sanctuary county because UWPD is just an on-campus police force. So we wanted to make sure that UWPD is also included within yeah. that bubble. We also wanted to look at specific... Um, things that we have some control over on campus. So for instance, a lot of students know that the segregated fee fund that they pay on top of their tuition goes towards university health services. So part of that legislation is making sure that university health services isn't able to use money paid for by students in the student segregated fee to report um, providers who are providing gender affirming care. Um, also making sure that no student fees go to the reporting of providers who are providing gender affirming care at UW Health. Um, also looking at, um, you mentioned Assembly Bill 371 and, um, sorry, the Assembly Bills relating to transcollegiate athletes. Yes, yes. Um, 
And part of it is we know that a lot of student um, money and funding goes towards the um, goes towards Recwell um, in the form of both the Nick and the Baki, as, as well as the um, intramural and club sports that are provided through those services. So wanting to make sure that student money isn't being used to um, to harm trans athletes and to push trans athletes out of athletic spaces. Um, yeah, we also, there was a couple things regarding um, making sure that the university itself is declaring more outward acceptance for trans students, um, that there is there is an amendment being proposed to be added to the legislation that myself and other offers of the legislation are in favor of looking at making sure that no possible bans affect our research or class environments, knowing that many states have tried to pass laws banning the usage of words like gender or sexuality in college level and university level classes. Yeah, I those are all such great points that like, yes, 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 yes. Um so how does the process of like getting that proposal passed or like like what are the next steps for it because okay so i know one of my friends went and spoke at it i was going to attend it and then i had another thing i had to go to like how was the hearing itself for it um what is the the future of that legislation look like yeah so the um, meeting on Wednesday of student council was overwhelmingly positive. We saw students wanting to add more to the legislation regarding protection for trans students. Per, in particular, one of our um, representatives on the graduate student level, Representative Thomas Nepswee, pointed out that we should do more to include um, rights of indigenous two-spirit students in the legislation and adding that to our legislative language. And also looking at Thomas Nepsley was also the one who proposed the amendment regarding um, research and um, classes on campus. So, yeah, those amendments and the legislation at large will be voted on on our next student council meeting, which isn't this coming week, but is the week after. Um, And um, from that, we will um, send the legislation on to the chancellor. We're also already in talk with departments such as UHS, Rockwell, UWPD about implementation of this legislation once it's passed. Yeah, I I really can appreciate how like people from all over ASM are like jumping in with like maybe additions that they thought would be like good as well. So you mentioned Rockwell. Speaking of Rockwell, um there was there was a survey that was sent this past week. Um, that was from the University of Illinois, if I'm correct. Indiana. Indiana. I knew it started with an I. There was, yeah, there was a survey sent out um, basically about comfortability with trans people in sports is a nice way of saying it, I feel. Um, I know that there was an email, like an apology email kind of sent to any recipient of that. But do you have anything you'd like to say about that? Yeah. That survey? So as um, both ASM's equity inclusion chair, but also I am a trans athlete in club sports. I play for the men's water polo team. It was, regardless of the intent of the survey and the intent of the research, it's really harmful to see after um, these last two weeks of horrific attacks of trans athletes on the state level um, to see um, this survey coming out that for many trans students, including myself, see, 
was seen as hostile to our existence in athletic spaces. And while I think there is a discussion um, we need to have about like the fact that really binary gendering in sports is outdated and it's not in line with our modern conceptions of gender and um, I think there is a conversation about sports categories we need to have. I don't think that conversation can happen right now at the state or university level because we have so many attacks on trans students. And I think any conversation of that sort needs to come from the place of understanding that everyone's people and understanding that trans athletes have a trans athletes should be able to play the sport that matches with their gender identity um yeah yeah i i remember reading like the prompts from the survey and like had to like take a rage quit off of like twitter for a second because it was very much like are they all women like are trans women real women like it was such i think from a journalism like as a journalism major really interesting wording really interesting wording um yeah and i think that even on the survey they didn't have any sort of disclosure for potential um triggers when it was sent out to yeah like hey this could activate some like potential on yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, there was absolute there was no content warning as a trans athlete who opened that email and opened the survey being like oh this says something about trans people. I'm a trans athlete. I want to look into what this is. Um, the email itself, um, I spoke about this to the Daily Cardinal, how um, they just framed it as like trans participation in sports. And I'm like, okay, there's not even the humanizing language in the email sent forth by Reckwell, um, which Reckwell apologized for, but to um, call trans participants trans athletes. Um, also, yeah, I think the survey was incredibly harmful to um, trans students belonging in sports. Yeah, I think that can also sort of play into like, oh, we see like, how many is it now? Six anti-trans legislative bills at a statewide level that are being attempted to be passed. Um, and it's all kind of after, you know, we've seen other bills like in other states already get passed. So it's kind of like all stacked on top of each other you know yeah yeah completely um and i think as someone who is very vocal about being trans i'm also the open house house fellow so have a lot of like i speak daily to a lot of our um first year students who are trans um i think it's a very scary time to be a trans person on a college campus and um especially um, I've spoken to students who are from states where their gender-affirming care has been taken away, and they've had to suddenly figure out, like, how to access their gender-affirming care again, and, like, if they are running out of um, hormone replacement therapy, try and get it through UHS. Um, so, and I think even with the promise that Governor Evers will veto our legislation currently coming through the Wisconsin State Legislature, it, like, the fact that you aren't viewed as human by people in the state legislature, possibly by your classmates, possibly by other people in your dorm, is like very understandably scary. And I think it hurts students' ability to um, have faith that this campus will protect them. 
Yes, I I went to one of the the hearings for AB. 377 and I think a lot of the people that I spoke to there that were students they were just exhausted they were like I'm just tired I don't want to be here and I don't want to be thinking about this and I was like that's so valid you know yeah it's midterms and trans students should have the ability to take their midterms to go to go to their general chemistry exam without having to worry about what's happening down the road at the state legislature yeah no exactly um should we switch gears to the disability cultural center because i would love to speak on that for a little bit yeah definitely yeah so it's shortened as the dcc correct correct um do you want to talk about how it was started um, and why it's important and the impact that you hope it will have on students. Definitely. So UW's Disability Cultural Center is the 13th Disability Cultural Center at a college or university in the U.S. And um, it is a project that I am so overwhelmingly proud of and it's so overwhelmingly amazing. Um, This work kind of came from a confluence of disabled students as campus was starting in um, the fall and winter of 2021 to come out of the come out of masking, come out of more of our pandemic restrictions. Um, An idea by disabled students of we didn't want to leave behind this culture that was created around disability and community care during the pandemic. Um, So it was a combination of myself as an intern at um, ASM having this idea, also students across campus, including um, Katie Sullivan, who was a student in Um, rehab psych and special education who is now at Vanderbilt University um, having a similar idea during her time at UW-Madison that a disability cultural center needed to exist on our campus and this was work that actually um, was incredibly supported by staff at the McBurney Disability Resource Center Um, in particular the director Mari Magler was saying that like this is something staff have been talking about for years and they needed the student support behind it Um, Yeah, and so this center was created out of a coalition of about 30 students called the Disability Cultural Center Coalition, getting together and having discussions about like, where would we wanna put a disability cultural center on campus? Um, Why the name of the Disability Cultural Center, um, for instance, the project was originally called the Disabled Student Center, and then we had some um, capital D deaf students point out that disabled didn't quite fit their identity, and they wanted to make it more open to students regardless of whether or not they identified with disability as an identity label for themselves. Um, yeah, so I think this project really signifies a broader shift on college campuses of moving away from an understanding of disability as something that needs to be accommodated and shoved aside and moving away from this idea that you can just accommodate and shove aside disability. I mean, according to the national statistics, about 11% of college students are disabled or identify with disability as a label. And two out of every three college students um, disabled college students who drop out cite loneliness and isolation as their reason for dropping out. And those dropout numbers are ex- also extremely high. For example, um, within autistic students, we see that only one in three autistic students who start their degree end up graduating. Um, so we're seeing 
this need for disability community. I mean, I explain it as my first week on campus, I went to the Gender and Sexuality Campus Center and it was so amazing. And then because I had SOAR online, I was wondering if there was anything similar for disabled students. So I went to the McBurney Center and I want to note here, they do great work. They are understaffed. They do amazing work with the resources they have to get accommodations to students on campus. But I was sitting in there their little like lounge area and got told got asked like whether I had an appointment and I'm like no I just want to be here to meet other disabled students and make friends yeah no exactly it's like going one step further than just getting you accommodations it's also getting you community Mm -hmm. and like having a space to just exist Yes. You know, and also all the community care that comes through that. I mean, for instance, as a chronically ill student who's not from the Madison area, um, getting advice from older students with my same chronic illness of like what doctors are more or less uh, are more or less likely to discriminate against me as an assigned female at birth student or what doctors are better suited to fit with like college schedules. Um, yeah. Yes. No, exactly. I think the thing I love about the wording on the DCC like um, website or like the page that was uplifting how it's a new thing is they said, quote, DCC is a space to uplift, affirm and celebrate disability, identity and culture on campus, end quote. And it mentioned how it's open to all students, regardless of like if you're visibly disabled or even not disabled at all, which I think is so important. You know, that sense of community, even if you are a part of the community directly or if you just know people a part of it yeah also giving students a place to ask questions um i think disability isn't often talked about as an area of diversity on our college campuses and like students would understandably have questions about like how to properly refer to disabled people um the the differences in preferences between um person with a disability or disabled person among the disabled community um like questions about capital d versus lowercase d death and what it means to be culturally deaf and i think we have an amazing staff member at the disability cultural center helen rotier um who is a uw madison alum herself experienced this campus as a disabled student and is now coming back to do this important cultural work as the disability cultural center director Oh, I love that. That's so important. So as we wrap up, I'll just give you one more question. So what are some ways that our campus could be more welcoming and inclusive to queer, trans, and disabled students? Yeah, I think um, a lot of students following the events of last spring are unsure, especially with recent statements from administration regarding freedom of speech, how this campus will protect them if and Mm. when something happens. Yeah. And I think as a campus, we need to look, take a critical look at our hate and bias reporting policies, at how we let students know that um, we do not stand for incidences of hate and bias on this campus and be able to say that with our full chest um, because I don't think we currently can giving some, given some of the messaging from university administration. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciated all your answers. Um, do you have anything you'd else like to add before we head out for the day? 
Um, just a reminder to students that um, ASM has a number of open committees, including our Legislative Affairs Committee, our Sustainability Committee, our Equity and Inclusion Committee, and our um, Shared Governance com Committee. So if there's any students out there who want to get involved in um, student acti activism on campus or um, student collaboration with um, university decision making to definitely um, like ASM is a space for that. Yes, they have email lists. Very cool. We have email lists. Yes. So thanks for listening to On Wisconsin News, reported by Badgers for the rest of Wisconsin. I'm Ray Kirsch. And I'm Hiwan Lim. Thanks again. Tune in next week.